welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of washing your hands. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, for now at least, are my co-hosts Chuck <laughs> Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Sorry, it's just, it, it's not just that I'm touching things, but I just don't want to give Ian it somehow no. through Skype. Can it transfer, like, that's what computer viruses are, right? It can still... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, with me, it's better to be safe than sorry. Ian, are you being safe? Have you made use of the early shopping hours at uh, Sainsbury's <laughs> or wherever it is that's doing that? Iceland, only the top class supermarket, mate. <laughs> All of my younger relatives have been uh, delivering stuff at the door. Well, they've been like, you know, ringing the doorbell and leaving brown paper bag and then I stamp on them, they're on fire and then there's shit everywhere. Is that not the same? It's kind of like going to Iceland. <laughs> Just shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there's our uh, Iceland listeners gone. Goodbye. Nice. Not the country, uh, no, it's a supermarket. No. It's a supermarket over here. It's a very low rent frozen yeah. supermarket. Oh, it's clues, like actually. The in the name, everything is frozen. Okay. All right, so it's actually a place called Iceland. I thought you were talking about the country. I was like, really? We're slagging them off too? We're pro-Bjork. Ross. Well, we are the uh, Miles Outside podcast. We normally talk about the Premier League. And well, to be fair... We literally say in the intro, we talk a little bit of football. Luckily, there's very little football. Hmm. So That's true. Uh, let's start with uh, with some actual football, just to sort of keep it relatively on brand, at least or on topic, not on brand. Oh yeah, because we're <laughs> are we, uh, Russian Premier now. Uh, we're going to be talking about Rubin Kazan. and Is that the only league that's on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, viruses can't survive in the Arctic tundra. No, so. <laughs> Russia has no cases. Of uh, of uh, coronavirus. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I haven't tested anyone. No reported cases. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Liverpool lost in the Champions League. That's the last thing they did. <laughs> <laughs> right. What did they lose? Five out of six to end the season. Is the season over? Do you really think it's over? Sorry to segue so quickly off of Liverpool losing. Yeah, let's let's slag off Liverpool one <laughs> one last time. Adrian. Oh my God. He is definitely resuming the Liverpool goalkeeper curse of walking alone, <laughs> hung out to dry. Liverpool in crisis, Isis, Isis. Isis? No, well. <laughs> That's Low just mark. the echo. <laughs> knocked out of the FA Cup, knocked out of the Champions League, lost the invincible streak. League and cup. the season is potentially ending two games before they can officially get the title. Is this the best week ever or what? I mean, yeah, it's, it was up there. It was pretty fun to watch. Atletico just defending, defending, defending. Liverpool taking a million shots and just crossing endlessly. It's something like, what, 48 crosses or something ridiculous. Oscar's probably closed the tab already. Um, I'm, uh, I'm pulling up the XG right now just to see. <laughs> As we speak. To get told, like, oh, they play anti-football. Mate, they scored three goals against you in an extra time period. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to decide how the other team plays. No. You don't get to do that. That's not how it works. No, got done, bruv. German Holloway found out. Big old fraud. <laughs> clop out. Are we clop out? I'm always clop out. <laughs> Rock out with my clop out. You misheard. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'll put that away. Come on. XG? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were just filling until you were there, Oscar. Well, I was, uh, you know, I was enjoying listening to you We're just vamping. We're just vamping. Yeah, we're just, it's, it's loose and... Uh... No, don't talk about it being loose. 
Yeah, well, there's no Ian's Hole this week. That's part two for Ian's Hole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Liverpool had 60% possession, 11 shots on target to Atletico's six. Possession football's dead. Three saves by Liverpool, nine versus versus nine by Atletico. And the XG was 3.5 to 0.9. So go ahead and cue up that jingle for potentially the last (laughs) time for a while. We had a... Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. Burnley of the week. That's right. Liverpool getting knocked out on a Burnley of the week. That's going to be nice. <laughs> okay, this is automatically it's even better now. Uh, <laughs> I did kind of accept then what Klopp says, but fuck him. Uh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, although they got genuinely outplayed in the first leg. Yeah, they didn't do anything, did they? Uh, no, they were they were not. And, and Atletico like, executed a plan perfectly. And that's what they do. Like, that's what Atleti does. We don't talk about them that much because obviously we just focus on the Premier League. But they are like sort of the next evolution of an old school Mourinho team. And I mean old school Mourinho team. Like not the latest incarnation. In that they win games. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to an extent. And they actually have attacking players. What is the next step in that? Like, educate me on a genuine question. So they press, but only in very specific situations. So it looks like they're conservative because they sit deep. But they're actually getting triggered by certain types of passes and in certain directions or in sometimes to certain players as a pressure trigger. Um, but for the most part, they do just absorb, absorb. They they let people have the ball and let people take shots. And they are also happy to have 11 men inside 30 yards of their own goal <laughs> in the 15th minute of a match where they have a 1-0 lead from the first leg. Yeah, I mean, you get a 1-0, you defend a 1-0. That makes sense to me. Um, do they play like that in La Liga? I don't watch... Uh... Uh, depends who they're playing. Obviously, if they're playing like bottom of the league team, they don't. But for the most part, yeah, yeah that is like their MO. And so I guess their philosophy is like, if you don't give up a shot inside the box, then you're unlikely to get scored on. You have to give up 10 shots outside the box for every one shot inside. So they're willing yeah. to sort of concede that battleground and then and then strike when they get an opportunity. You take every you have high percentage chances you're going to score them. You give up a bunch of low percentage chances you're unlikely to get scored on, and that's just kind of what they do. But anyway, that's way too much football. I just wanted to gloat about Liverpool getting knocked out. <laughs> Treble is off. Treble is off. All right, so let's talk about the big thing then. Brighton still haven't won a game in 2020, people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's what you're taking from this coronavirus thing, that Brighton might go months and months without winning a game. Potentially years. (laughs) What's the opposite of an invincible season? We'll see what happens. Um, I guess let's start with the, like, broader sort of impact, and then we'll narrow down to the Premier League. Okay. It's scary. This is a scary thing, right? Well, well, you're speaking to Ian. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, like jokes aside, for me personally, like I get pneumonia. I've had pneumonia multiple times. I get bronchitis. You guys have made jokes about it and you've heard me coughing on the pod. I've been hospitalized for like weeks at a time. Do not go outside, Oscar. Fuck No, me. I know. I've been hospitalized for weeks at a time because of like respiratory illnesses. Yeah. Like, so on a very personal level, like this is real fucking scary if I get this thing, right? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But on a societal level, I feel like people are overreacting on a personal thing. Going to supermarkets and buying 90 cases of water or getting in fights over toilet paper or breaking into hospitals in some cases to steal surgical masks. Like, fucking relax. Is it? Would would they switch the water off? Would we run out of water? It seems unlikely, but it's a big who knows. Like, so I think we're overreacting on a personal level, but I think as a society or as our governments, 
they seem to be sort of underreacting and underestimating the breadth of this thing. Like, look at Italy. Italy went from complaining about who was the AC Milan president or Inter Milan president was complaining about fixture congestion come May because their matches had been postponed for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was looking like some teams would play four matches in May and some would be playing nine. Right, exactly. And, and Lazio had just gone on something stupid like 20 wins out of 21, like a ridiculous form, got up to the top of the league rightfully and they wouldn't have had the fixture congestion then in May because they weren't in the Coppa Italia. Right, exactly. Uh, the Supercoppa had finished, no Europe, that kind of thing. Whereas you had teams like Juventus, Inter, AC who all had that. So it was kind of double the games, but now, you know... Well, yeah, so that was Wednesday-ish, or Wednesday or Thursday, those comments were made. And then six days later, not even a full week later, the country was not only not, like, postponing matches anymore, not only were they playing behind closed doors, which they blew through that window real quick, not only were the league suspended, the whole fucking country was on lockdown less than a week later. And it's only been four days since then, five days since then at the time of recording. Like, this is how fast this thing is going. It's only been five days since Italy went on fucking lockdown. And since then, we're looking at Spain. We're looking at, you know, France. The U.S. just announced that, like, most restaurants and theaters and everything else is closed. Don't gather more than 50 people. I'm sure the same sort of thing is coming in the U.K. eventually. I think I think within, yeah, within a week or two, it's going to be, you know, mass gatherings will be banned. It just depends sort of on what level, uh, so what amount of people really they they're going to decide. Because I mean, I think it's Austria, and this is this is no doubt going to be out of date by the time this comes out. Because as you say, Oscar, it's moving ridiculously fast. But um, Austria has banned gatherings of more than five people. Fuck it out. What if you got four kids? One of them just have to get outside. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, it's it, you have to decide. The weakest survives, and then all of a sudden, there's Austrian Spartan-style children growing up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's very Lord of the Flies. I think the only thing I take some sort of solace in, and it is very thin, is that from a data perspective, like you can very, very, very accurately predict what this is going to look like at least within the next month sort of time frame. And it is going to get really fucking scary and really dark. So sort of emotionally start preparing yourselves for that. This thing yeah. goes on average, and this is data built off of Italy, Iran, Spain, Germany, France, US, Switzerland, Norway, Netherlands, Sweden, the UK, Belgium, and Austria, because those are the ones with the most data. Well, and Europe is the one that's kind of the epicenter well, now all, of all yeah, of it. They're, they're at the like interesting-ish from a data perspective part right now, as dark as it is to say. This thing goes a 33% daily increase or doubling slightly less than every 48 hours. So if you go by those numbers, like the UK will be at 10,000 confirmed cases by next weekend. That's terrifying. I think what's more worrying at the minute, though, is the fact that most of the confirmed cases are coming from when people have died. So it, right. it, the, the, the data that we're getting, it, and, and this is where the UK and the US, I don't know the specifics of all, every country because obviously it's difficult and, and to know where exactly you are and information hidden, etc., etc. But both of those countries, for whatever, UK through just being inept and not having the health service and just trying to delay because of all the austerity for all these years, it's all working out very well. Um, and the US, just for the fact that people, it's cheaper for people to fly halfway around the world to get a fucking coronavirus test than it is to get one on their own doorstep, if yeah. they can get an appointment for it, is it's masking the fact of the actual numbers. Right, exactly. So that's at like... 
at this weekend, given the current testing rate. So it's probably going to be sooner with confirmed cases. And like anecdotal story, I have a family friend who we're all pretty sure fucking has it. He got exposed to it. He has all the symptoms, everything. And he went to a hospital and they were like, no, we can't test you. They refused to test them for like reasons, logistical, you know, there's like a really, really limited amount of tests. So they're being careful about who they give it to so they don't waste them. But this guy's sick. Pretty sure he has the coronavirus. His job said that he can't take the, take the day off unless he has a confirmed test. Yeah. But he oh, can't get the confirmed sake. test. So I'm pretty sure – I haven't spoken to him, but I'm pretty sure he's at work right now. Oh, my God. Because his, his boss was like, no, you can't take off unless we have a confirmed test. So where the UK's at now is that we are not testing people unless they're in hospital, basically. Right, yeah, that's already, kind of where we're at too. Yeah, unless they're already in a bad way and uh, they, they need to confirm it. So – and they, they've admitted that it's it's – well, again, this is at time of recording. It's already 5,000 to 10,000 cases in reality. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, I, I know someone who's, um, yeah, whose wife has sort of been in a bad way, um, but not bad enough to get to hospital, and she doesn't get right, tested. exactly. So, you know, it's like, well, we're, you're pretty sure she has it. They have to self-isolate for two weeks. If it's not that then she might get sick again, and you have to self-isolate for two weeks. Right, and exactly. And it's... it's, it's be absolutely devastating for a, a family to not be able to go out. I mean, luckily, obviously, they're sort of employed and you'd hope their employers are going to be okay with it. But, I mean, there's no guarantees, is there? Uh, no. The news has just broke today that like Virgin Atlantic is a- asking its staff to take eight weeks of unpaid leave. I mean, in one respect, it's a good thing they're being asked to do that because they're doing that so as they can keep the jobs open, you know, because the alternative mm. is presumably getting rid of Everyone. Well, because they were roundly lambasted when they asked for about a $3.7 billion buyout and their well, owner insane. doesn't pay I mean, taxes in this like, country. On a personal yeah, on a personal finance level, you're told, oh, you, everyone should have savings so as they're all right for three months if they lose their jobs, which is mental. Who's got savings for that? But, you I know, have savings for one month. Yeah, exactly. But a, a previously, for years and years, profitable company has had a couple of months of problems and is asking its staff to take unpaid leave for two months. Right, so it's crazy. It, it, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, the situation is already worse than is obviously being reported because now tests aren't, tests aren't happening. So a lot of it is just going to be anecdotal. You're going to see... Uh, so the the peak the peak for uh, the UK is supposed to be in June. This is just the start of what's going to get worse right. and worse and worse. Exactly. Most people now know someone who, if, then, if they've not got it they're sort of definitely self-isolating because they're not sure um by june your facebook feeds and your twitter feeds are going to be full of people who are you know on lockdown if not in forced lockdown because they they've got it or a family member's got it right and there's sort of three things that you touched on there that are all very very important with relation to this the first one is the thing you said about june this thing we are only at the very 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 beginning of a very long and terrible process. China locked it down for two months straight and like really locked it down because they're basically a authoritarian Able government so that. they can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? And only after two months are they allowing like one person at a time to leave their houses. Right. Yeah. We're at the beginning of that. We're not as good as in the Western world in general in democracies and stuff as at having an effective fast response. This thing is going to get very, very, very bad before it goes away. You look at Italy right now. And people are like, and this sort of touches to the second thing you said, Ian, which is like, if you are young, 
that, you know, that girl, they're like, oh, they're pretty sure, but it wasn't that bad. If you're young, yes, your symptoms are going to be pretty mild. But the problem and the whole flatten the curve thing that you're hearing about a lot is that you look at Italy right now, their hospitals are running at 10 times capacity in some cases. So if everyone gets sick at the same time, the people who really actually need the care mm-hmm. aren't going to get noticed or treated because there's so many people there. And that's ignoring the fact that, like, hospitals already exist for a regular reason. Yeah. And so yeah. anyone who needs a hospital because they otherwise would have needed the hospital is now contending with, like, hundreds of people who are getting tested or who are potentially getting treated for coronavirus. And so you're seeing not only death rates for the disease itself spike – because the initial estimates were about 3%. Italy's looking at 7% right now. Yeah, I mean, they have a slightly older population. No, there that's are the some... general population. The older population is at like 18 to 20%. And uh, their families tend to live together like generations of families tend to right. live together. They'll be living with their grandparents and stuff. It's not, not an unusual thing. But I think for fuck's sake, if you are young, do not take this less seriously than old people. Like everyone... Yeah. Like, you might not feel that bad, and I've seen other people being like, oh, my throat hurts, I guess it's funny. Like, we joke about it a little bit, too, but, like, yeah, stay yeah. the fuck home. On Saturday and Sunday night, there was people still going out to bars and restaurants in New York City. And, like, sure, you're not over 50, so you probably won't die. But if you run the numbers, right now the lower conservative estimates are something to 40-ish to 50-ish percent of the world are going to get it, 70% in some higher estimates. And if our death rate is 3.4% on the low end, and potentially in Italy it's as high as 7, which is terrifying, and I'm going to ignore that number, you're still looking at about 200 million deaths in the next 18 months, if you look at those numbers. So, like, it's not fucking funny for you to go out and be like, well, my throat just kind of is scratchy, but I'm going out to dinner anyway. Stay the fuck home. Like, I cannot emphasize enough. This is not funny to go out. It's not funny to be like, oh, I guess I got someone infected. But whatever, like, stay fucking home. Hundreds and millions of people are going to die. That's the, that's the problem, that people are only going to realise that they should have acted different once their relatives start dying. And right. it's far too late by then. The, by The fact that people that you notice, you know, be it friends of friends or relatives of friends or whatever are dying, it's too late by then. So right. you've got it. Yeah. Best case scenario here is that everyone says, "Wow, we way overreacted to that. Not that many yeah. people died." Okay, great. Yeah, not, <laughs> that, not, not great. That many people. Yeah. And it's also probably already too late for that in most places. Like there, like stuff needed to be closed a week sooner. Once you hit a hundred cases, it takes well, off I mean, from there. China, like it seems a lifetime ago now, but about two months ago, China in Wuhan they built two hospitals in ten days. They've had everyone on lockdown for 50 days. They're currently sanitizing all of the streets twice a day with trucks, with drones, with people in hazmat suits and everything. Like you said before, letting one person out for emergencies X amount of times a week, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, that's what they had to do. For two months. To get ahead of it. For two months to sort it out and get to a point now where one of those temporary hospitals they've closed. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah, and the, the new cases in Wuhan have gone down very, very significantly. Mm-hmm. But we're not looking at that kind of response. People are, people are fucking idiots. They're still going to be leaving their houses. And our government can't get that organized that fast. But That's just not how it works. People are still buying toilet roll. Why toilet roll? They <laughs> still know. don't understand the toilet roll. And fighting. And like stealing it from blind people's trolleys. And yeah. that's not a joke. That's happening. Australia, we're looking at you. I know. And then the other thing for me, the third thing, is that like – 
You can't keep seeing Premier League clubs play noughts and crosses on Twitter anymore because that's already doing my fucking head in. <laughs> Fuck me. I just want to say one thing. As someone who has struggled with chronic depression my whole life, the prospect of being stuck in just my house for the next two months is very terrifying because I get in very dark places quickly when stuff like that happens. And so look out for each other. Yeah. If you are someone who's in that sort of same position as me, please make it a point to shower every morning. I know that seems like a basic thing, but like self-care, little things like that add up very quickly. Be mindful if you're not someone that necessarily struggles with that of the people around you. Reach out to a friend. Yeah, check in with people. I mean, if this sort of thing would have happened uh, 30 years ago, there are advantages to not having Twitter and stuff. But if you are isolated for 14 days, we are in... A situation that's never happened in history where you are still incredibly connected. So yeah, check in with people, uh, make sure that you check check your friends are all right and stuff. But uh, I mean, that's the hopefully the good side of social media. And uh, yeah, let's see the positivity come out now because people need it. People are going to get very lonely. All right. Well, having sufficiently berated you on how scary this is and how you should be <laughs> nice to each other and wash your hands and. Uh, you know, reach out to your depressive friends. Let's Not go ahead and move on and talk out. about the football. Don't physically reach out. No. Your hands to yourselves. No, yes, correct. <laughs> you filthy yeah. mongrels. I tell you what, working working in the food industry for all this time, the the fact that they have to tell people to wash their hands for twenty seconds and people are baffled by it is astounding. <laughs> it's so worrying, like, isn't it? <laughs> mine's been. I, I've washed my hands probably about eighty times a day for twelve years for like a minute at a time. Yeah. That's just every time you wank, you got to clean up. Yeah, you know, it's going to get worse with isolation. You can ski around these blisters. <laughs> grim, grim. I mean, we I saw something that said, um, you know, what percentage of people have sort of done this, that and the other of, of you know, improved personal hygiene, doing social distancing, blah, blah, blah. And 25% of people in this country, this was a few days ago, said none of the above. So you've heard all these things and you thought, nah, I'm not going to improve my personal hygiene, make it worse, if anything. Just yeah. spit, spit on my hands. <laughs> Just stop spit on my hands. Who cares? Fucking who are these fucking idiots? I'll tell you, they're everyone. I mean, a quarter of yeah. people, but fuck me. People are shit, man. Yeah. So, how do we think the Premier League? What happens now? Let's let's switch on to football. Well, I mean, what happened before? Before we get to what happens now, how badly did they handle it? The oh my god! I mean, it was so poor because, and I. To a certain extent, you can understand it because the government has at no point said, and this might be out of date now, but they've not banned mass gatherings as it stands. We're recording on Monday afternoon. They've not banned them. So the Premier League goes, we're fine to go ahead then. Um, You know, not a problem. And literally 45 minutes after a statement was released saying that all the games are going ahead, Arsenal say Arteta's been diagnosed with it. And it was at that point, everyone just went, well... That's it then, because it to be can't fair, happen. At, at least at that point, because again, as you said, at time of recording, the government hasn't put anything out there. Yes. The Premier League, the EFL, the Women's Super League met the next morning and straight away went, yeah, we're done. Like, yeah. that's it. That mm-hmm. unequivocally just went, nah, it's not happening now. And so fair enough. Yeah. Like, you can't... These are professional bodies with a duty of care to their players. Yeah. Not are like they... a government or anything that has a no, duty no, of care exactly. to its yeah. fucking people. <laughs> Exactly. Like, fine, it... just wash your hands, uh, uh, mess up my hair a little bit, you know, do some arm well, movements. Right. We'll all be, I went round a hospital and, and shook everyone's hand, damn it. You fucking cretin. You <laughs> absolute looks... fucking wank biscuit. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know what else looks really bad in retrospect too? 
is the fucking Liverpool match on Tuesday. Like, we joke that they lost and stuff. Let all the people in from Madrid. Yeah, Spain is the second worst country in Europe, and they invited thousands of Madrid people. Madridians? What do you call someone from Madrid? Madridistas. Madridistas, yeah. Uh, over to their stadium at the same fucking time. And, like, now Liverpool is going to be the epicenter of the outbreak say, in the I UK. think it's fair to say we're going to see a spike in the northwest. I would imagine. Once they start testing, yeah. So, like, that felt gross in the moment. And there was a few behind-closed-doors matches getting played that same round of Champions League. Yeah. Which I didn't get to watch because it wasn't on TV here. But I heard those were weird. I am glad that the Premier League blew right past that stage. Yes. Yes. They went from, we're fine, we're going to have the games this weekend, it's only Thursday, everything's <laughs> going to be fine, to, like... 12 hours, 36, 24 hours later, whatever, Arteta had it, Callum Hudson-Odoi had it, there's three players at Liver- at Leicester that are in isolation. Two players Leicester, the Everton team, and I know Benjamin Mendy was. It has, ever since they've kind of cancelled it, there hasn't really been any sort of specification on players that have had it because it's kind of pointless at this point. They're, they're like, yeah. you know, we're all out on mask it. So the big question, does this season get finished? Let's start there. So let's take the... Uh, for some, well, for some would be the worst case scenario, and that is Liverpool that... win the league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for most. That's not what I was going to say, but that's why I said for some that it, this season is abandoned entirely, voided, never existed. Bullshit. Not fair. Not fair. But there needs to be. I think the Evening Standard have reported that there needs to be fourteen club majority to vote something like that through. Uh, that's when. I think that's right, because when you remember when the transfer window changed originally, yeah. I think they had to have a two-thirds majority when when they wanted to suspend it. To sort of make a new rule or ru- ruling, yeah. But then to change it back, you just need a majority. Okay, So that's, that's why then 11, they only need 11 clubs to change back the rule to the original kind of status quo kind of thing. So yeah, it's 14 or 15 even. Well, where we stand right now... The official stance is that the next the fixtures will resume at the beginning of April. Not a chance. There's a okay, good. We're all agreed that there's a zero percent chance. No. Nah. Okay. Only if they start to form some sort of bubble league in an unannounced <laughs> location, potentially in the mid Atlantic. They just play on islands and it's like all the Jogger Benito style And they, they it's sort of played on some sort of like pitch made of hand sanitizer. Where they can just sort of Very skin, slippery. skin around. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, other than that, no, it, there's no chance. I mean, to be, to be fair to the Premier League, I think they've sort of said they're going to review it on a sort of two week, two week by two week basis. Yeah. But as we've said, the the peak's going to be June. Why would it be any better and in two weeks' time? A, that's a hopeful peak. There's a good chance that this is still affecting. Things. So, like to me, honestly, the bigger question is not will they finish this season. The bigger question is, will they be able to start next season? I mean, it'll still, yeah, this is still going to be happening without a doubt. So it's just, what point do you say we're okay to start again now? It's 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 so weird. It's so hard to sort of judge it because you're not necessarily just talking about the the crowds in the stadiums. You're talking about the the players who, you know, David Moyes self self isolated because he'd shook hands and sort of hugged Arteta after their game or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, you know. It, they're, they're still going to get it at the same sort of percentage rates that the general population is. So, and in If August, anything, higher because they're all on top of each other all the time. Well, this is sweaty it. And uh, all that. Uh, even the most luxurious of tra- training grounds is like a little island with its own little community where everyone goes all the time. Lots of hard surfaces. Lots but of all, it, all it takes is one person getting in 
it's like that's what happened in South Korea. They had they had thirty one people that had it that they had isolated that they knew. Thirty of them behaved themselves. One guy fucked off somewhere and bang the whole country. So it's it, within those intricate communities, it's safe, of course, in isolation. But all you need is one yeah. person. That's it. And it takes time to incubate, and it just goes through you. So the the thing is with the sort of suspension of the league as it is now, let's call it. The peak, as we've said, it looks like it's going to be around June. That's when the Euros was going to be. Yeah. Which is no happening. Not a chance. I think they're going to move it to 2021, if at all. Yeah, I agree. It's either going to have to sort of run concurrently with the women's Euros, which was down to being 2021, which I don't think yeah. is a terrible idea. I'm sure you can figure out a way to do that. But like you say, if at all. But even if you move, even if you move the men's tournament, uh, get it out of the way, or cancel it completely, or whatever... You still got to find time for these fixtures because that that fixes the time problem, but it doesn't fix the problem of the peak happening at that time. It's no. still sort of and, the, and and it is quite funny and typical that this Euros would be one that was played in pretty much every single country <laughs> around yeah. Europe, yeah. thus encouraging the most mass transit of people for said tournament, Honestly. as opposed to having it just in one country. So I think potentially, if they did do it in twenty one, they probably won't do it across Europe. No. Having people fly from England to Azerbaijan. Maybe not, yeah. Oh, man, you couldn't write it, could you? Um, so, yeah, the thing is, uh, when do you do it? When do you do it? I mean, the, the season usually starts like mid-August. That's still going to be happening. So, how long do you need to How long do you need to complete the season? I mean, there's nine. Could you cram it into a month with nine games left? In theory, it wants, if, it, if it does take until, let's say, June, July... You've had so much time of your players, uh, obviously not being well potentially because of coronavirus. However, hamstrings, ankles, those kind of things start to recover. So more teams do have more players back. It's that in theory you could play, but the problem that is coming out as well at the minute is loads of players' contracts expire in June. Yeah, yeah. So because that's the year of when it is. So they're talking about what well players will have to sign like a few weeks extensions and yeah. etc. And it's it's such an unprecedented, unknowing kind of thing that they're 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 not really trying to hide behind the fact of saying this is definitely this or this is definitely yeah. that. Like, but pod favorite chairman Darren McAnton, he says he, there's ways around that. He's he he's been quite funny because initially he was like, oh no, we've got to, we've got to carry on playing, and then players and managers started getting it and he very quickly went oh no we've got to suspend the league we'll suspend the league now <laughs> uh, we've got to do that because realized he also he... paid he also got loads of stick for paying for all of his players and staff to get coronavirus tests he gets stick for whatever doesn't he because he riles like, people up what? the wrong way but yeah um now now yeah he's he's he has tweeted about that saying that there's ways around everything you know if if he's very much of the opinion that you shouldn't be void in the league so he thinks, you know, we, we, we finish this one before we start the next season, no matter how long that takes, no matter how far it pushes the next season out. Um, and that things like contract extensions can easily be sorted in temporary ways. So, well, they'll have to, if they'll have to also as well, things like the FA Cup and the League Cup, they'll have to cancel it. Yeah, that's just done. Because it, yeah, because, well, League Cup, maybe not, but FA Cup no. starts in like July. It's not. It's not a third round thing that just starts in January. No, that it, it's grassroots level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's got to go. It, it, it can't happen. That eases some fixture congestion. Yeah. Champions League. Well, you're not going to know who qualifies for these tournaments, so they're out until whenever you want to start it the next season. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, you've got the fixtures still to play, but that eases a lot of congestion for some teams. And then, you know, it's it then just comes down to nine games or maybe eight to ten games, depending on which, which league structure you're in, which isn't unthinkable to do in a time. It's just yeah when. But I think we're all in the agreement that voiding the season is a bad idea. As much as it would be funny for Liverpool to not win it, like... No, I don't agree. I think that's the only logistically viable choice because here. Because then, then you've got you've got teams in the relegation zone that are potentially going to lose hundreds of millions of pounds that could still make their way out. You've got teams in the championship that could go up and get boosts of hundreds of millions of pounds that they've earned, and therefore for the structure, like it's it's mad that there is no conclusion or consequence i don't know whether that's just because it's my human mind that wants everything tidy and neat and in a nice it needs to finish yeah yeah i get what you're saying i just don't think that timeline wise it works at all i obviously we don't know what they're going to do there's no way to know we're just kind of grasping at straws here but wait we're not making the decision now yeah exactly (laughs) chuck thought this was a special premier league committee (laughs) if you try to finish this season in the summer you're now pushing up against next season which might have to get pushed back especially with the fixture congestion which then you're talking about trying to squeeze the Euros into the summer after that. And then we're running into the World Cup that January, like six months later after the Euros. Oh, God. And I forgot about the Nations League. <laughs> <laughs> what are the implications for what the Nations League? What are the implications League? for the Nations League? <laughs> Fuck. I don't know, but, but you can push back. You can push back the start of next season. You can. Until this one's complicated. Like I said, there'll be no FA Cup. So that cuts out loads no, of games. If you do no FA Cup, no League Cup, no international friendlies. Uh, yes, no no international friendly breaks. That that gives you about six <laughs> weeks back. That's true. Fuck it. That does. Because, yeah. because they can't play international friendlies because there'll be so many. Every country will be at different stages. Yeah. Except next season isn't friendlies. It's World Cup qualifying. Every few years, the, the friendlies periods are actually World Cup qualifiers. Because the World Cup is January 2022. We're about... 20 months from the World Cup. I forgot it was winter. Oh, God. (laughs) So, like, that fucks everything up because that was already going to be a weird situation with that season because of the January World Cup. Like, what even happens there? There's no way. We're talking about not knowing when domestic fixtures happen again. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right? International fixtures, that can just get out the window. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. If you push back the end of this season to June, or July rather, which is kind of what we're saying is the only way that it's viable to play it at all. And the, the double pivot guys were talking about this on Friday. They had a pod about this. Most clubs don't have any incentives at this point to take the rest of this season at all seriously. Like less than half a league. They're going to treat it like preseason. If yeah. the following season is going to start in August, July is usually preseason month anyway. They play every few days. The only way you could do it to avoid injuries is give multiple, give unlimited, infinite subs for those matches or something. Infinite subs. <laughs> More people. More people. <laughs> That's what you need. That's what you need. Um, but then, Oscar, so if you're saying, oh, well, what are you saying? Are you saying you're in favour of voiding the season or you think that's what's going to happen? I'm in favour of voiding, voiding the season. It's the least likely outcome, but don't relegate anybody. Don't promote anybody. Don't give out any titles. Just do over. Just start this season at the beginning of next season. But that means that West Ham get the benefit because they don't have exclusive use of their stadium in the summer. And I want to see them suffer and have to figure out what they're going to do, Oscar. (laughs) Because that's what they get for getting a free stadium. 
That's a hell of a niche niche argument against well, it. That's I why want Karen West Brady, Ham to suffer. Well, Karen Brady is really pushing for the season oh, to be yeah, null and void because yeah. there are tons of events. Obviously, they're not going to end up going ahead potentially, but if they yeah. do, there are tons of events that are planned to happen at that stadium across the summer because yeah. they effectively ground share ish because it's a taxpayer stadium owned by the state. <laughs> but so if or we whatever. if we say the season is voided. Uh, there's going to be legal challenges from clubs that were in uh, promotion uh, situations like Leeds or whatever, and you're going to think have... of Peterborough, Oscar, and think Just of Peterborough. Think of Peterborough. <laughs> Peterborough. <laughs> uh, no, but the, not not selfishly though. Like there were going to be um, clubs like Leicester who were going to finish in the Champions League probably spaces this year. Last year they didn't. So are you saying like Champions League qualification happened based on last year's table? Yeah. And yeah. So like there's going to be legal challenges from the likes of Leicester. There's going to be legal challenges no matter what they do. Yeah. I think that's inevitable. As as the supporter of a club who has missed out on European qualification before <laughs> In due the past, to yeah. bullshit reasons. I just think that that kind of thing the the European qualification side you have to just take on the chin. Yeah. That we would have got it but we didn't uh, but if the if the competition's not going to go ahead you can't unless unless the next season that potentially European competitions come back, so they put in every team that would have qualified. If you see what I mean from the two seasons, yeah, wow. So potentially countries had like seven entrants. That is or the alternative, or whatever, and did like a sixty-four person, yeah, Royal Rumble. Make it a Royal Rumble. <laughs> they could do the same thing in the Prem too, right? Like that is the other alternative to completely voiding this season is just making. A prem with twenty-two teams, twenty-three teams. Oh, fuck! And that. then relegating five. No, right? and then you go no, off whatever the table we'll be was the right 15. now. <laughs> you know that. Happened. You know it that before happened. when they went from twenty-two to twenty. Oh, if we would the... get done by that again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so we have glossed over. Well, Chuck's just quietly fuming in the corner there. We have glossed over uh, another option, which I've seen mooted, which I think is. Are very really unlikely, but that the tables get calculated based on uh, an average points per game situation. So Ooh. you can sort of uh, obviously there are players uh, teams that have played more games than others, blah blah blah. So you can calculate the po- the tables on an average points per game, and you give out qualification, relegation, and everything based on that. That's way too many numbers. People don't trust numbers enough for that. As someone who constantly brings up numbers, everyone's going to tell the nerds to fuck off. If we just look at the Premier League, there's only four teams that are on 28 games and the rest are on 29. So effectively, that doesn't change the league. I know. I just mean lower down. It You know, lower down it might. Uh, I'm talking about all leagues being done like that, sort of, well, uh, on a points per average. That brings up a very, very important other point, in about lower down the leagues, which is, again, to take it back to the real world, with all of these matches not getting played, but these clubs still have to pay salaries because they're in contracts, they're not getting the match day revenue that they usually rely on to make payments for stuff. Yes. There's going to be a lot of clubs, either the way that football leagues and associations are structured are going to change radically, which I think a lot of the world is going to change radically, so maybe, or a bunch of clubs are going to go out of business. A bunch of clubs are going to stop existing. But that's why so many places don't want to void the season because then yeah. that's money that doesn't exist as opposed to if they just they do play the season, it's just delaying in those funds coming into the club. 
Well, yeah, I mean, from now to June, you talk about player contracts, right? Like Olivier Giroud is getting paid, what, let's say 100000 a week from now to June, but Chelsea's not making that match day revenue. All of these clubs, and that's much more of an issue further down. Match day revenue as a percentage of, of uh, for higher up clubs is a lot lower. Yeah, that's oh, is true. It? But, like, yeah, yeah, that's as a, true. As a percentage yeah. of income, it's it's Sky Money. Sky Money and European, for, for obviously like the top six, is the UEFA... Uh, either Europa League or Champions League money and the money from Sky, BT, etc. TV yeah. rights. TV rights is a huge one. Unless you're Man City, then it's sponsorship. But, you know, that's still <laughs> up in the air. Um, so match day revenue is such a small, especially for, say, like clubs like Bournemouth, when they've got a ground of 12,000 people. There's going to be clubs that go out of business. There's just going to be clubs that go out of business unless they go into like there's revenue be, sharing or something. There's going to be stuff everywhere that goes out of business. Like that's that's the problem. The problem with something like this is is that it doesn't discriminate based on, you know, how much money you have, what position you're in. Like if you get it, you get it, right? So if you have to stay at home, you have to stay at home. And so whatever businesses you run, be that football, be that a restaurant, a shop, uh, an online business, whatever, if you can't get supplies, it, it's going to have such a catastrophic effect over everyone that yes. it's kind of the the supplementary thing to going on and i think why most people are kind of running the gambit as it were with still going out and socializing or going to work etc is because people can't afford to not work yeah if you're going out because of work i understand that if you're going out to have dinner with someone like fuck off yeah, the problem is that I work in restaurants, so it's all a very... <laughs> people don't go out to dinner, then I can't go to work, and so it's a thing. But luckily, there's enough stupid rich people um, that don't care. They'll take their money. Um, <laughs> and their lovely viruses. Mm, delicious. I'm a human Petri dish, baby. Um, so I think I think that's why it's, it's complicated. Obviously, the funds for, for players and those kind of things, it's kind of up in the air, but just because they earn... 30 100 200k a week doesn't necessarily mean that in their situation they should still have the obligation to be paid that but whereas uh someone such as myself ian um someone who works in a mcdonald's someone who works anywhere would have the same obligation to still be paid if they weren't working if you see what i mean it's a situation that is out of the hands of everyone and i think those people are in a position that they can probably shoulder the cost of their living and being isolated a lot longer than someone, even myself, who, like, I get paid a decent wage for what I do, a really decent wage, and above the national average. I still can't stomach being off work for two months yeah. and shoulder that financial burden. So so the, the clubs kind of have the same aspect, and I think it's just because it's something that, that people look into and, and, and enjoy every week and think that it's just they have a... a an interest in it or they have a knowledge of how it would work or that they put these players on a pedestal etc that they think there should be an exception but ultimately these football clubs are businesses in the same way that a supermarket is a restaurant or whatever and we're all just fucked so <laughs> you know yeah if you see my point that it is no i do there's, there's going to be revenue everywhere that is lost and so because it's across the board but how does that play into kind of evens out how does that play into the competitions, though? Because some club that goes under between... By the time everything resumes up again, maybe some club went under, and maybe they were in a promotion spot. So, like, how does that affect everything? There's just so many moving pieces here. There'd potentially be such a high volume of clubs that they couldn't, because then it would just... You'd lose everything. Right. That's what I'm saying. The lower leagues are gonna fucking get crushed. They might even stop existing in some cases. Yeah, true. 
But I mean, it kind of poo-poo's my idea that what we would do then is effectively, if nothing, everything did get null and voided, what you do is you take the 92 clubs, right? You arrange them by points, and that's the new league structure. Fuck it, <laughs> chaos. Both all <laughs> chaos. You've got League 2 teams going straight to the Premier League. Palace are going down to about League 1, but Could we just slight, could it just a slight tweak and just yeah. do it by goals scored? And then Peterborough will be top. Uh, no, because then we're in the conference, mate. Oh, <laughs> give me this yeah. one thing, Chuck. I'll take mid-table. You'll probably be up there. I mean, you're on 50 yeah, no, no, It'd almost definitely be a promotion of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll take being in the Prem. I wanted to top the Prem Wait, for are you, once uh, in my uh, life. Are Peterborough on 56 points? That sounds familiar. Something like that. So you're ahead of every team in the Premier League apart from Man City and Liverpool. So you'd go Prem, I reckon. Yeah. All right. I'll t- all right. All right. I'll, fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. Champions League. Well, no, because there there are other teams, Oscar, but um, <laughs> well, I just haven't true. worked it out. I guess. Um, <laughs> it's not fully thought through. What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go through and say what your preferred sort of outcome is here with the rest of this season and going into next? And then we can move on from there. Chuck, what do you think? I think we should take the Premier League form table over the last three <laughs> fixtures, <laughs> whether they were played or not, and arrange the league by that. Uh, Liverpool relegated? Uh, I believe they're down there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the, the side effect of this is, obviously, you know, and I'll take it, is that it would mean that Crystal Palace are first. Um <laughs> You know, if we have to get a Premier League title that way, then here's what yeah. it is, guys. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What about you, Ian? Three games, three wins, three <laughs> goals. Still going. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of avoiding the season entirely. I, the longer it goes on, of course, the more likely that is. But I feel like the, I feel like the competition has to be played out. But I don't know. I don't know the answer. I honestly don't because it could go into next winter this it really you know who knows oh, it, it will this is 18 no, I know months there, i know there will still be cases and stuff it just depends yeah. how sort of it depends bad it on is. where they are at the curve if and if that's why a country's as isolations it'll, yeah. they'll come back at certain times right but as but as oscar said even even on an optimistic one we're so low down on the curve now and people are losing their minds right it's 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 worrying isn't it so i i think it's going the way of being voided I don't like it because, like Chuck, I like I I need I feel like I need it to be finished. <laughs> like I need it to be done uh, properly. You know, with thirty eight games, uh, what do I do about my fantasy football cash leagues? Who knows? Who knows? These are yeah, minor a lot problems. of questions there. But, oh yeah. fuck! I forgot about fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, that means it. No, wait. If the season's voided, that means Ian doesn't win. So I'm still reigning you're, champion. You're right? still reigning champion. There's a lot to like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Void the season. <laughs> season voided. Go. I've changed my mind. Um, the fantasy Premier League website seems so unchangeable that the game weeks are still oh, happening. Jesus. What the, archaic system the, are they know, using? It's, unbeli- it's unbelievable. I am now. Let's say the season does get back up and running, and it's not until August. That potentially means there's going to be some sort of octo game week for game week 38, and I'm I used my triple captain in game week one. I won't be able to use my triple captain <laughs> on the one game week where there's about eight games into one. Yeah, um, I posted a negative four this week. <laughs> you took a points hit in coronavirus. I took a points hit before everything <laughs> went to shit. 
So my, I, for the first hell. time in my fantasy career, I posted a negative score. For to the be game fair, week. I, I did nothing and I moved up a thousand places. Yeah, that's all the people that took hits. <laughs> You're welcome. But they're still going through like rolling transfers. So by the yeah. time the eight game weeks come in, we'll all have 40 something transfers that we could have made. Yeah. So at the minute, everyone's just going to be making speculative sideways moves <laughs> just to use their second transfer. Like just bring the player in. Get them out. Bring the effectively, doing what Oscar does regularly in the season anyway. <laughs> correct. Pulisic in, Pulisic out. Pulisic in, Pulisic out. <laughs> that is correct. That is exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to pick up all the injured players right now. They'll be back. Yeah, or not. They'll all be Who back. Knows? All right. Did I win the Predictor League, by the way? Uh, Am I the final no. first place? No, it's voided. No, you won't. You, It'll you're, be voided. You're pro it's void. void. Okay, I'm the Liverpool of our Predictor League. <laughs> If you're pro void, then you are currently ahead. Yeah, so that means I Ian am not retains... pro void. For the record, I said that's the most likely and the most logical. My preference is to <laughs> use the current standings as the standings, but don't relegate anybody. Just go to the twenty-two team league for the <sighs> Premier League, and then relegate five next year. Liverpool gets the title, fine, but with an asterisk, which is hilarious because there's <laughs> they're a title asterisk. So we'll give them shit for the rest of their lives for that. They didn't officially uh, win it; they just got given it. It's a gift. They broke the league. All right, uh, let's wrap this up very briefly then, because we are talking longer than we said we would, as usual, <laughs> with a what are you gentlemen doing? How did you spend your otherwise Premier League-filled uh, hours? So, like, you know how everyone's putting out, like, a coronavirus Netflix playlist or whatever? <laughs> let's give one recommendation for this week of what to do in place of Premier League matches. Uh, just go back and watch all really shit comedies from the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> Any specific ones that you want to give to the listeners? Uh, so what did I watch? Well, to be fair, I watched The Wedding Singer, uh, which is a great film. Don't care what anyone says. Best yeah, I love Chandler The Wedding film. Singer. I watched Just Friends, the Ryan Reynolds uh, yes, film. Yes, love that. Fat great Suit film. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I don't know. Just scroll through your Netflix. Just get, just get some strange. Just go weird with it. Scroll right down through the seven different worded categories that effectively put the same fucking films and TV shows in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most popular. Trending. Yeah. <laughs> that means the same thing. <laughs> it's all the same! <laughs> I I ended up watching... We binge-watched The uh, the Stranger on Netflix. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was really good, actually, as well, because you obviously recommended me a TV Oscar, and it's one of these HDR TVs, uh, high dynamic range. And I upgraded my Netflix subscription, so I'm watching anything that's in uh, HDR. 4K. Yeah, <laughs> I went through that phase for about six months. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of good nature stuff. Yeah, no, I haven't done any of the nature stuff yet, but yeah, I, I, anything that comes up with 4K HDR, I'm just like, ah, oh, drink it in. But uh, get the get Disney good, Plus yeah. in that case because Disney Plus upconverted a ton of old stuff to 4K, and it looks amazing. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. For myself, I found I just went to HBO and I was like, I'm gonna find they basically all their shows are good, right? So like. Mm. Just pick a random one and watch it. Um, so we watched this show called Avenue 5 this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Is it good? It's really funny. The premise is that they're on a intergalactic cruise. Uh, well, not intergalactic, but a, like a space they cruise. they get quarantined on that Yeah, basically. Cruise? It's actually pretty appropriate <laughs> right now. They're on a cruise to like Saturn and back. And then something happens in the first episode that sets them off course. And so now they're stuck on this galactic cruise for three years. And so the ship just, like, descends into chaos, and it, and it's really funny. It's, like, not a serious show. It's a funny show. It's a spoof kind of of Star Trek. Yeah. It's sort of laughing at all of our futures. <laughs> but, yeah, also that. It, 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 I, I think 
I laughed about the most played films on Netflix earlier, but I'm pretty sure two of them, one's called Pandemic and the other's called Quarantine. <laughs> yeah, Pandemic is yeah. a docuseries. I also started watching that. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. They put that out, like, very shortly before all this happened, and it's about, like, when a global flu is going to come and just fuck everything up. And it's, like, all the predictions that they said are, like, yep, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, came out of China, yep, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. We're all going to die. So don't watch Pandemic. I do not recommend it. <laughs> don't watch that. Don't watch that. So should we talk about uh, what we're going to do as Next a podcast? Next week's fixtures? No. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about what we're going to do as a podcast? Are we going to avoid the podcast? No, I missed 100%. No fucking way are we avoiding the podcast. Reigning FPL champion, reigning predictions champion, uh, best looking, uh, 100%. I yeah. mean, yeah, if you say so. Um, best facial hair. Yeah, I'll give you that. No, I don't have that one for sure. <laughs> um, as a podcast, we're obviously too big to fail, so we'll be looking for a government bailout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we are going to suspend Patreon payments for now because um, we don't really know as a pod exactly where we're going to go. Um, so there's no FPL mini pods and stuff. But that means if you want to, if you want to come on board the Patreon, you can get on Patreon.com/slash/MilesOffsidePod. And for the time being, there will be no payments. You can join the Slack. Uh, you might need some distractions if you're self-isolating, and the Slack is definitely a good distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll put some stuff on there when we can, podcast-wise. Obviously, there's no FPL, but uh, I don't know. We might do some TV and Netflix reviews by the sounds of it. Yeah, I might actually be starting up the Nerdy Newsstand again, which you can go back and listen to old episodes of that for movie reviews and random nerdy shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to bring that back. You've got an hour from Oscar post uh, pre-going, well, <laughs> pre-the construction of Star Wars Galaxy Edge. <laughs> he did, longer, he did yep. longer on the theme park before it was built than he did after he came back. <laughs> he had more to say before he went. Well, it was all the new back. information. So if you want a full guide to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, whenever Disney World opens yeah, up again. Yeah, when, when it opens again. <laughs> yeah. Closed, uh, go, we, we have a trip in July. I don't think that's going to happen, probably. Uh, negative. Disney World Disney World loses $55 million a day when they're closed. Ian, what about your holiday? <laughs> Northern Italy, is that off? Uh, do, do you think Bologna might be off? Do you think I might not be going? Yeah. I just wanted you to say it again that it's yeah. that's a, a three-peat. Yeah. So, and, you know, I've got Cyprus in August. Yay. No, you don't. No. I mean, it's coming to something when I get a holiday cancelled twice. If that happens with Cyprus, I'm going to be absolutely fucking yeah. fuming. To be fair, we're meant to be going for a wedding in Bulgaria in August, so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, August is maybe when things are going to start opening maybe. up for like travel and stuff again. Uh, maybe, maybe, or you'll still be locked in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Who fucking well, knows? Either or, either or. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose revenue on our Patreon. Uh, we're gonna have to cancel numerous subscriptions to Netflix HDR content. Struggle is real, guys. Um, but yeah, we'll suspend payments uh, for the time being, so you can come on board. Get on board. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing there, and especially you know, like Oscar said before about chatting to people and Twitter's yeah. good and stuff. Obviously, we we are active on there, but you might want might be a bit personal or whatever. So you can send DMs to the guys that are on there, and it, and it is a good community. Absolutely. Um, so so climb aboard. Right, and uh, 
For next week, we thought we would continue the uh, off-menu theme. So if anyone's listened to the off-menu podcast, they get a guest in and they get them to go through their absolute dream meal. And the one we've done this once with uh, Oscar when we had an international break, and it was one of our most listened to episodes because obviously it wasn't about football. Yeah. So uh, and we stole the idea. Yeah. Oh no, it's a tribute. It's not. We're not stealing it. It's a tribute. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think we're going to do mine next week. So you're going to ha- hear my uh... the gout riddled podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine was all carbs and cheese. I suspect Ian's is going to be heavy on the double cream, double cream <laughs> and wine and alcohol in cooking. So yeah, so you got that to look forward to. Uh, the same, we'll be rolling out a few different topics. Maybe throw some out to you, um, producer level patreons. Uh, as as we have mentioned before, get to select a subject. So Nate Whittam. Uh, is going to pop up with one as well and then we'll, we'll kind of see how we are but for the time being thank you very much for listening uh, stay safe everyone yeah uh, absolutely especially we do have international listeners and I know specifically we have Carmen and Alex who are in Spain yeah uh, at the moment so are probably on lockdown isolated so uh, to any of you out there please stay safe and uh, look after each other and um, don't be a c- uh, thanks a lot Ian Thanks, mate. I won't. I won't be one. <laughs> uh, wash your hands, everybody. Yeah, and it's goodbye from me. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. No. Miles Offside is a Nate Whittam production.